Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Mader, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. In the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes, or so Andy Warhol promised us. Well, that was pretty much a lie. In fairness uh, to Andy, he probably couldn't have predicted going viral. Today, people are fragmented into pockets of fame for all kinds of reasons. Uh, celebrity isn't just for gilded people on the coast. It's attainable by anyone, anywhere, anyhow, and you can get it even 30 seconds at a time. That, of course, comes with its ups and downs. Not everyone makes money being famous. Some people turn out to be the subject of envy or hate. Others get blamed for things they can't control, like the weather. And still others simply become infamous for just trying to make a point and have a little fun along the way. My guests today all occupy their own corners of fame out here. People call it um, Lafayette famous, but the idea applies uh, wherever people make headlines or memes. Uh, in Sydney Dupre's world, that means being TikTok famous. Sydney is from the Lake Charles area and has built an audience of hundreds of thousands of followers, many around the world, who peer into a window of her life. Uh, she uses her piece of fame to be a disability advocate. She has Friedrich's ataxia, a neurodegenerative disorder, not unlike ALS or MS. Um, but in short clips of her day-to-day -day life, making coffee, griping about her boyfriend, she normalizes a very normal and charming life. Sydney Dupre, thanks for coming on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, you can't talk about Lafayette Famous without talking about meteorologist Rob Perillo. He's been in the business in this market for three decades and achieved a kind of metaphysical cult fame. He's not just famous for being on TV and controlling the weather. He's famous for being Rob Perillo. Uh, there are all kinds of memes and tributes to him sprouting on the internet. Put another way around here, he's beloved, except when the weather is bad. Rob Perillo, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks so much for having me, Christian. I really appreciate the, the time to share and just to kind of chit-chat for a change. <laughs> Good. Um, speaking of memes and underserved blame, uh, comedian John Merrifield is maybe not so much known by name than by reputation. He founded the Cajun Memes Facebook page that's spelled C-A-J-U-U-U-N in 2016, which is a kind of exchange for offbeat, irreverent, and subversive jokes about Acadiana and the Cajun experience. He's a Lafayette native, but he transplanted to New York to work the comedy scene there. Uh, he made a big splash locally in 2020 with some satirical internet pranks designed to, quote, make a fool of the fascists in local government. For his service, he was sued and became equal parts anti-hero and local villain. John Merrifield, welcome to Out to Lunch. Oh, great to be here. That was amazing. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's my new bio. Okay, good. You can have it. Uh, Sydney, uh, I want to start with you. Um, you know, you got noticed really fast once you put up your TikTok uh, account and, you know, you posted a video responding to this 
pretty terrible idea that someone wouldn't want to date a girl in a wheelchair by saying, hey, look, I'll change your mind. And that video takes off. The next thing you know, you've got 373,000 followers and counting. Literally, we have to update this, I feel like, every time I look at the research. Um, that seems like it could be pretty dizzying, you know? I mean, when you think about conventional fame, like the idea that like suddenly you're just really known, but you know, you're doing this at home, removed maybe from the outside world. Um, so while you're watching those numbers tick up, I mean, does it really feel like you're getting famous? Is that what it feels like? It does not feel like that at all. I'll get people that will come up to me and be like, you're TikTok famous. And I'm like, I guess I am. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, what's what's that disconnect look like for you on a daily basis? Is it just that like, you know, you know, I watch some of the videos and, and, and it's all very um, you know, kind of intimate, right? People get to know you in a very real way, but yet, you know, it's different than like being an actor, right? Where people get to know some character mm -hmm. that they fall in love with, but people like in a real way just get to know who you are. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get out there and sort of not realize, of course, that they know this about you. Is that um, hard to get used to? Um, it's very natural. I kind of just show little parts of my day and it's like almost talking to a friend and letting a friend uh, into my life. So it's not, it's not anything crazy like acting or anything like that. It's uh, very natural. So, I mean, one thing I noticed, right, is like you'll have a video, like, like I watched you uh, mix a concoction that you put in your coffee, right? And it was very elaborate, mm -hmm. I, I must say. I'm, I'm a black coffee drinker myself. But, you know, I mean, where does this even come from? Like the thought process of, um, you know, I, I'm going to have coffee today and I'm going to show everybody, you know, this sort of whipped cream thing that I make. I mean, is it really just that simple? Like, I'm going to go make coffee. I got to TikTok that. Or is there really a strategy to content creation on TikTok? Uh, not really. I just, I try to post every day. And if I'm doing something and I think, hey, people would like to see this, then I'll quickly video it and post it. Not really much thought goes into each video. Um, I do plan out some videos, but most of them are just what I'm doing throughout the day. <laughs> So, uh, Rob, I want to bring you in here because obviously, you know, you've got a very specific thing that you do, you know, when the weather goes one way or another. Well, it seems like regardless, you're going to get up and talk about the weather. But, you know, around here, you're like a commodity. Uh, you got, you know, courted from one local broadcaster to another. I I'm sure it's nice to be fought over. But, you know, something that I thought about is like, you know, weathermen, I think, used to be props, right? But you're a meteorologist, you're a scientist. Right. And, you know, that's becoming more and more complicated, I think, to maybe communicate to people. I'm thinking of this year where people are like throwing hurricanes at us like Mardi Gras beads. So I I'm curious, like, you know, in, in your in, in to start off here, like, to what extent has your relationship with the public changed, you know, in, in your job like as a broadcaster? Like, has has that felt different, you know, to, to do this in 2020 than it did in 2000 or 1990 uh, to a degree yeah you know social media has kind of changed the landscape to a degree but um you know i can go back 32 years and nobody recognized me in the street until we had a tropical storm or a hurricane i can't remember what it was and then all of a sudden everybody knew who i was you know people start paying attention to the weather um and it's changed uh, not only with social media to a degree, because there's a lot of people who know me on Facebook from all the memes, more so than my product that I do at work. 
Um, so in that sense, it's been good. And then you had, uh, you know, COVID this year. Uh, it's been back to a little bit more of an incognito weatherman where I'm wearing a mask. I don't get stopped at Walmart anymore. Nobody knows who I am. So it's kind of nice to be flying under the radar, uh, at least uh, when it comes to being recognized, uh, which is kind of a little bit of re refreshing to a degree because you're always um, – thinking about, well, yeah, if I go to pick my nose, is somebody going to see me? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Whereas this way, uh, you know, it, things are uh, certainly much more under the radar, but um, it, it continues. It just morphs. Um, and I was taking notes from Sydney because I'm not on TikTok yet. Uh, but that's that may be a platform that we have to go to. Uh, but I just try to uh, stay on Facebook and leverage Twitter and use Twitter as a tool as well. Uh, but uh, it, it's changed, it's morphed, but, um, and, and it, it's, it's been kind of a, uh, watching a little bit of an urban legend grow with time because now I'm a little bit more reclusive. So if I'm spotted, it seems to be even a bigger event uh, when somebody uh, catches me out in public. So one thing that kind of I thought about while you were talking was, you know, another thing that may have changed is the way people interact, like with the weather. Like I think about my dad, right. Watching hurricanes, he's got like the weather channel on or he has you. And then he's got, you know, an iPad with some sort of radar on it. And he's telling me, well, here's the way the code's going to go. And so like, I feel like maybe over time, you know, more people believe that now that they, they, they can challenge your authority on this stuff. I mean, do, do you find that people now in the grocery store, it's less like, Hey, what's the weather like? And it's like, you know, you really got the wrong call about, you know, which direction Delta was going to go or whatever. Well, yeah, and, and it depends on when the consumer consume that information. Weather is always changing. The forecasts are always changing. And sometimes you're judged by what you said three days ago, and people are holding your feet to the fire on that. It's like, well, things changed. Well, you went with this. It's like, well, shouldn't I have changed the forecast based on the changing data? It's always a fluid situation, pun intended with meteorology, that uh, conditions change. And then you're in, in our business now, we're battling the, the bat, the, the bots, the apps uh, that spit out a forecast uh, that uh, we used to just have to answer to our forecast or whatever the weather channel was saying, or maybe the competition might be saying, but now we're competing with apps, we're competing with some social media rologists pun intended to play on words where there there are people that don't have a background in meteorology and are just posting uh, a 15 day forecast that one model is spitting out a cat five hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico. We have to answer to that as well to a degree. I pretty much ignore it. Uh, so uh, it's the landscape's changed in the old times in the olden days. I had a teletype. I had a weather provider and we were the purveyors of weather information. Nobody else could have access to it. And now everybody sees the same models I look at. And it's a question of how do you uh, master that information and and ferret out the noise and come up with a forecast. So, uh, you know, you mentioned that you, you became, you know, a meme guy. I think maybe one person that might be partially responsible for that might be John Merrifield. Uh, John, so. you know, these, John, uh, these days, you, you might people might say you might be more infamous than anything else. Uh, you know, this in the middle of a summer of intense social unrest uh, locally and nationally over police brutality, you promoted a couple of obviously fake satirical, quote unquote, Antifa events in Lafayette, which drew significant police attention and later a lawsuit from the mayor. Uh, 
You did this, of course, to make a larger point about the way police and local power approach policing poor communities versus rich communities. And you know, social commentary is a rich part of satire. It's a big piece of satire. But I, I do wonder, right, like watching the, the controversy brew over this, if you feel like the point that you're trying to make might have been buried by the controversy itself, right, to the extent that like... If you're trying to reach people and get them to see how absurd something is, like if you just made them angry, do you end up just preaching to the choir? Well, that's like literally why I'm here talking to you right now. Also, before we get into it, that's very serious stuff, and I do want to get into that, but I just want to say how much of a dream come true it is to be sitting across the table from Rob Perillo right now, picking the shrimp out of his grits, and by the way, Rob, can you pass the butter? Just wanted to say that. (laughs) All right. Uh... It's so funny because, like, to this day, do you remember the, have you seen the Thundercats, the Tundami News, Thundercats? All right, so Ash Reese, the guy who created that, very funny guy, he and I work together sometimes. Um, and in the second, I think it was the second episode, there's a part where lion experiences some inclement weather. And to this day, I still do the lion where he's like, God damn you, Rob Perillo. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, you're still getting the blame in, for New York weather. I hope you know. Um, all right, so to get to the event thing, um, yeah, the point was absolutely buried for some people. That's why I have to keep talking to people via uh, various media outlets is because I need people to understand why I did what I did and that it wasn't just about the, the attention that I'm going to get and that I am getting. Um, at the time of the original event, the first one where Antifa takes River Ranch, the response, uh, it was a response to the fact that uh, the mayor president of Lafayette I don't know how Rob is going to be affected by being on this show with me talking trash about the mayor president of our city, but uh, he tried to defund some recreation centers in the north side of Lafayette. And those are recreation centers that I used to play at as a kid. Like I went to a family life Christian Academy. My mom worked three jobs to put me to through that private Christian school on Dulles. And we used to play basketball because we didn't have a gym. We used to play basketball a lot of the times on the north side in those rec centers. And those rec centers were always being used. Like they were being used when we got there and we had to like ask people to let us use our time that we paid for, uh, that the school paid for. And, uh, and so the fact that he was defunding those rec centers was just like a slap in the face to, to people like me who grew up in you know, the poor communities of Lafayette and the people who enjoy those rec centers. I wouldn't say I enjoyed them. I've never been very good at sports. So I was only on the team to, to, to warm the bench and make sure we had a team. But, uh, but, but to, to even imply that it was a good idea to defund those rec centers and then magically find the money when there was outrage, that was just, that was, that, that was nauseating to me. And I figured, all right, well, if he's gonna, if he's gonna take a stab at the poor, then I'm gonna take a stab at the rich, uh, so to speak. And that's when I did my first event. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking with satirist John Merrifield, meteorologist Rob Perillo, and TikTok content creator Sydney Dupre. Sydney, I think we can all probably talk about generally, like when you're dealing with any sort of, like whether you're trying to make a political point, whether you're just, you know, uh, talking about your day-to-day life, whether you're doing the weather, like people are going to get upset, right? I mean, like they, there's this, this, this degree to which like the backdrop of this era that we're in where you can communicate with anybody at any level um, that you're also just going to find you know, trolls or just jerks on the internet who are going to say awful things about you, right? You know, and so Sydney, like, I- I'm curious, like, it seems like what you do is really letting people into your life, right? Um, yeah. Do you find that, that to some extent that, that puts you in the line of fire for, for people? I mean, obviously, you, you kind of started with, with responding to a mean-spirited thing that somebody put on the internet. I mean, are, are, you, are you spending a lot of your time having to just deal with people that are, you know, 
just mean? I mean, is that a big part of what you do or, or is it mostly, you know, dealing with the people that you want to deal um, with? There are definitely people that like to come and hate on your page. But for me, I mostly have positive feedback and I do get negative comments sometimes, but normally I just ignore them or delete them and try to respond to more of the positive stuff and focus more on the positive because overwhelmingly I do receive a lot of positive feedback. So I try to stay with that and not let the negative feedback affect mm-hmm. me. Is it a specific type of, I mean, comment? I mean, or is it just like people coming out of the woodworks? I mean, I, like anybody else has spent time on the internet. And sometimes you're just like, this is a guy that just wants to make somebody unhappy. A lot of times it's people who just saw one of my videos and they don't really know much about me. They don't know that I'm disabled. So they make comments about like the way I talk or things like that without really knowing my whole story because they just saw me like they saw one video and they didn't really look into more after that. So a lot of times it's just ignorance. Yes. It's basically like a kind of, of, of prejudice, right? Like you're seeing a person in only this sort of one way. I mean, Rob, I would think that, I mean, look, people know you in the one way you're Rob Perillo. Right. And so to some extent, like, you know, obviously I, we, joke about people get mad at you because of the weather. I don't know to what extent people get mad at you about other things, but to me, to some extent, people are just sort of like taking you at face value. And I got to imagine like, hey, sometimes you're like, I'm, I'm more than just a weatherman. I'm Rob Perillo. I mean, is that is that something that that you find like you, you need to break out of whatever it is that people think you are and, and the prejudices or the preconceived ideas that they yeah. have about you? Well, to a degree, people just think I rip and read and come up with a forecast, pull it out of some dark place and just throw it on the air and I don't do my homework or don't uh, study the weather. And uh, there'll be there'll be some folks that and I'm just thinking back uh, to Hurricane Laura. I got a, such an angry call from uh, someone down that was down by Henry or Forked Island, and he had to move 5,000 head of cattle because he was afraid of the storm surge coming in. The storm surge didn't come in as high in Vermilion Parish as it did over in Cameron Parish, but he was mad that he spent tens of thousands of dollars moving his cattle all for nothing. And how, how do I get off talking about that? And I'm just saying, hey, that's what we're forecasting. This is what it looked like. I'm, I feel horrible that you had to do that. But when you're living on the edge of where hurricanes uh, inundate areas or produce a storm surge, uh, uh, you're going you're gonna to have to deal with that. And the, the rule of thumb is you're going to have to evacuate two times for every third hit uh, if you're on the coast. But um, I'll tell you how many times I've had to move my cattle because of one of your predictions. Yeah, wow. Or, you know, I've had a guy angry that uh, the 20% uh, ruined his paint outdoor paint job and that he expected me to pay uh, whatever costs and time for him. And I said, dude, sorry, you know, that's what a 20% chance of rain is. Uh, um, you have to understand the statistics. And it was a 20% day and it just 20% it on his house in Abbeville. Uh, but, um, you know, everybody thinks that uh, they can do a better job than you. And there may be some, but, uh, you know, after after doing as long as I'm doing, I let stuff like that roll off the shoulders. You do have to have, like John, you do, and, and, and Sydney, you do have to have a little bit of a thick skin, but overwhelming. Uh, the feedback is is positive, 
but you remember those nasty emails and those nasty messages. And actually, I do keep a, what I call a threatening letters and uh, a-holes file on my, uh, on my email just in case something goes wrong and the uh, FBI has to check who mowed down Rob Perillo. Uh, there's a file there. Let me know if you want to leak just those. In case. Just in case. And I, then I do have a weird and potential stalkers file as well because there are just some people that are just a little bit off. Better just keep that. You, you better a couple take of me out of there, out. Rob. You better take me out of that file right <laughs> yeah, now. You're not in the file. Though. You're not in the file. <laughs> <laughs> John, John is not in the file yet. John, yes. I, so I, I, I would think that to a degree, like, look, when you're, I, I know that you don't just do, you know, Andy Kaufman style, uh, you know, internet pranks, right? It's not all you do, but to some extent, like. Oh, I wish, you know, I wish that was what I could consider myself an Andy Kaufman style comedian. Sure, well, I, I but, but, I, but I, would, I would, I would think that to some extent, like some of what you do, right? I mean, you're poking bears or whatever. I mean, there's an expectation that you're going to. Yeah, poke- but Andy Kaufman didn't do satire. Like that's, he just, he just, uh, I mean, like not, not to say that like, uh, you know, like online shit posting isn't the equivalent of you know the modern day andy kaufman just like saying nonsense just to get a rise out of people but that's not what i did it wasn't nonsense it was i mean like it was nonsense but it was satire so it was specifically like it was pointed nonsense you know like fair enough it, i'm not yeah. trying to I'm, maybe i misspoken comparing to andy kaufman but my point is that there's a level of provocation there and so if like we're looking oh, at like sorry, the, yeah, yeah. I, just, I got like a whole catalog of comedians and what they're associated with in my brain and i'm I, just I, like hey look I, I will do i will be dutifully schooled about it no problem but but um so but, but i guess my question is is like but when you're with like in this age right, people just like get trigger happy with getting angry at people and, and sort of hateful but you know like a lot of what the point of this kind of stuff is the provocation itself and so i guess i'm just like curious like i mean do you crave the idea that you're provoking people or or is that a misunderstanding right i mean like that that like you know, people are going to come at you and say like you know what you did was awful or like we you know we think you're terrible i don't even really know what kind of responses you got but like i guess i'm asking like the difference is like somebody like sydney might right just put a video up and not intend to provoke anybody or make them ha- unhappy but they are <laughs> but there's an extent to which like part of what you're doing i mean the idea is to provoke a reaction so how does that you know feel for you i mean do you go into it knowing and saying like this is what i want or is it still kind of i don't know disconcerting when it happens so uh no not disconcerting at all i mean like it's it's not necessarily what i want but it is expected it's like i mean i didn't get into i didn't start what i uh, i didn't start doing comedy not expecting to get people angry i had one guy try to fight me after a show once uh, over a joke and I'm not going to tell the joke on here because I don't think it'll go over well, but it was, it's, it's a killer joke and, uh, it's, it's got like a religious angle to it. That's why I don't want to tell it. Um, but, uh, anyway, like that does happen. And, and I've had plenty of death threats in the past over things I've, uh, I've done online and, and in, on stage, but, uh, this particular instance, the, okay, so like it's important to understand that, that it's not all for like goofs. It's, it, there is, there is a, an end game, and the end game is for people to see how foolish the people who are running our city, and I still consider it my city because almost everybody I know and love still lives in Lafayette or in Acadiana. And so uh, the people who are running our city don't care about anybody other than their donors and uh, their voters. And if they're not, if they're not supposed to just represent the people who vote for them, they're supposed to represent all of us. And that's supposed to be the way it is in all the government. So the goal here, because we've already got a camp of people who are already showing up to vote, like they're already gung ho about their candidates. And we need the other camp, the people who are uh, like-minded to me and people who are like-minded to people in my age group 
people who are on the left. We need them to see how, how bad it is and how important it is that they show up and vote next time because everybody else is going to show up and vote. And so if you don't see how foolish these people are, then you might not feel compelled to get out there and make, you know, your voice matter. Yeah. Um, you know, Sydney, something that you, uh, and, and forgive me if, if I'm overreading the extent to which this is the point, right? I mean, it seems like you've used your platform really to talk about issues that, that matter to you or to present yourself in a way as a disability advocate, right? I mean, like, I'm curious how that, um, how that works in terms of like, um, you know, your day-to-day spirit, right? Like, like to what extent, like, do you find that, that the, you know, the videos that you create, which are really, you know, again, just you know, very intimate to give people a picture of your life. I mean, how do you see that as part and parcel of, of, of delivering a bigger message? So I like to teach people about what my disability is, but I also like to show people me living my life with my disability and showing them that I'm just like everyone like everyone else on TikTok. I do you know, my whole life doesn't revolve around my disability. So I don't want all of my content on TikTok to just be about being disabled. But it is an important part of me as well. So I like to find a good balance of teaching people what my disability is and answering questions about it. But I also like to just post stuff that I have fun making or showing people like what I'm doing throughout the day and uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Have you found that it's, you know, kind of worked? I mean, it sounds like what you're trying to do is just normalize your life because you have a normal life and you present that to people and say like, look, my life is not, really all that much different than yours. I mean, do you get that kind of feedback from people saying like, look, I had this idea and now I have another one? Yes, all the time. Uh, I get comments from people saying that like, you changed my mind or you made me realize that disabled people are just normal or I'm not afraid of disabled people anymore. And that's like my favorite thing is to know that I changed someone's opinion about things like disabled people and how they're treated. So, so Rob, I, uh, I'm trying to think myself, think to what extent, you know, what you do has a broader message, but I mean, um, you know, have you found that like, you know, uh, over time that you've, you know, there's a, there's a deeper meaning to your meteorology. I feel sort of silly even asking this question, but you know, it just, the best question I've ever heard anyone ask anyone ever. Yeah. Which is like, you know, like what's, what's the, what's the deeper spiritual meaning of your meteorology, Rob? Well, you know, to give people a better understanding of science in general, you know, I kind of, if you follow me on, on, on social media, I, I talk about space. I talk about the planets. I talk about, uh, a whole different uh, slew of earth science related topics and and not limited to, you know, I'm, I'm paid to be a, a forecaster, an on-air talent, and what's the forecast over the next 10 days? But, uh, you know, at, at this stage of my life, I think it's more important for people to understand our place in the environment, um, our place with respect to climate change. And there's a lot of blowback on that, but I, uh, you know, I've made it my mission oh, probably over the last seven or eight years to really uh, study up and use my atmospheric and math background to understand climate change and its impacts here locally um, 
and, and getting my foot in the door with respect to how is climate change impacting the tropics? How is it impacting sea level rise? Oh, we have a subsidence problem along the coast. Try to bring all these issues to the forefront that people understand that we're on the precipice of seeing some major changes that we are all going to see in our lifetime. And trying to do it as gently as possible because it, it's uh, uh, it's and in an, an apolitical way uh, because it's become so politicized and so tribal when you're talking about climate. So um, when I go out and I do my dog and, uh, you know, COVID times have changed, but when I go out and do my dog and pony show to uh, some of the local uh, businesses or, or uh, public speaking engagements, it's 5% about the weather and 95% about observable climate change. Where have we come in the last 20 to 30 years? And what can we statistically infer from that with more than 95% confidence on where we're going? So um, I've kind of segued away from being just, you know, the best operational meteorologist I can be to being an okay operational meteorologist, but let's educate people and let's leave a legacy that, you know, you want to be on the right side of history. You want to be uh, able to let people know what I've learned over the last 10 years. I used to think climate's a thing, but it's really not a thing. Now I say climate's a thing, and it's a really a thing that we're seeing right now. And we're seeing those manifestations uh, in hurricanes. We're seeing these more rapid intensification cycles. We're seeing the storms stall more often at our latitude and more heavy rainfall events. And it is just a statistical certainty that there are more and greater disasters ahead for Louisiana. So how can we better mitigate against those and, and, and small steps to mitigation mean big payback down the road. So hopefully that's going to be my message uh, as I gradually fade into the retirement realm in 10 years, maybe five years. I don't know. After this hurricane season, I was thinking next year. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so maybe another way of thinking about, you know, the, the stamp that Rob will put in his career is an evangelist for science, right? I mean, that's a, that's an interesting idea. I like that. I, I feel like there's a meme in there somewhere um, that will, Rob Perillo is never going to get reelected after this interview. <laughs> God forbid that we start electing go. meteorologists. I would have a problem with that. Um, look, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious, right, that, that maybe there's a theme emerging here about, you know, you guys uh, using what you do, like the, what you've developed, the attention that you've been able to get to, to do something that's meaningful to yourselves, right? And, and I think that's the best that anybody can do with any resource that they're given or what they earn. Um, so, you know, I commend all of you guys for, for finding a way to like, look, you know, be who you are and, and deliver a message that you think is really important. Um, so Rob, John, Sydney, it was great having you all on the show. Thanks for joining me here on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been TikTok content creator Sydney Dupre, satirist and meme lord John Merrifield, the meteorologist Rob Perillo. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Rob, John, and Sydney and what makes them famous by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get your podcasts and on our website, it's acadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from the show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of her work at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Molly Richard. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Christian Bader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. 
And you can find out more about what matters in Lafayette by uh, checking out thecurrentla.com and signing up for our newsletters. I'll see you here again next time, though, around our virtual lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com COVID-19 for the latest. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. And by the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 